The Nuggets own the Clippers. That's pretty evident at this point. It got dicey, but the Nuggets do bounce back at home, handing the Clippers their sixth straight loss. Jalen Pickett plays, and guess who's got the number one clutch defense in the NBA? All that and more on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us your first listen. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Wednesday. Hope your week's going great and appreciate you being an everyday or checking us out five days a week on the show. You can catch us on all platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We appreciate reviews and likes and subscribes. Uh, and on YouTube, you can go to youtube.com slash Locked On Nuggets. Hit the like and subscribe button, turn on notifications. And you can catch the live show as we go throughout the week. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Adam Mares from DNVR, where you can catch pre and post game shows before every Nuggets game, as well as Nuggets content daily. Uh, and on today's show, we're going to talk about the Nuggets and how they own the Los Angeles Clippers. They continue their dominance Oof. over the Clippers with another win on Tuesday night in tournament play. They go to 2 0 in in season tournament play. That's exciting. Uh, and you know, some interesting things to kind of take away from this game. It was a really fascinating game, Adam. Um, a lot of places to start. I think for me, a lot of it gets to how the Nuggets were able to close the game. I thought the rotations were interesting. I thought, um, the way that the Nuggets were able to build a lead in the first half and then the struggles that they faced in the third quarter. Um, there's like a lot of like this game had a lot of twists and turns in it. a lot of plot twists, as I tend to say in this game. But ultimately, the story was the same as uh, <laughs> since the 2019-20 bubble series between these two teams. Denver has absolutely annihilated the squad. They have. They own them. It's nice that the Nuggets are racking up teams that they own. The Clippers were the first. I, 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 I like if you think about teams that Denver kind of like said, OK, we're over that one. And now the onus is on them to to retake it. The Clippers were the first one. And it's nice that this game in particular, one, it was an in-season tournament game. And I do think that these have actually carried a little bit extra emphasis for the teams participating in them. Um, and then two, they were on a five game losing streak coming in. The Clippers, they're a desperate team. They need to figure it out. They haven't gotten a road win. Meanwhile, Denver, you know, coming off of one game, you know, they obviously didn't want to. Michael Malone, the other the other day when they lost their first game of the season to the Minnesota Timberwolves, they said, we want to, losing can become a habit, and this year we don't want to have back-to-back -back losses. We want to be a team that if you lose one, the next one takes an extra emphasis. Well, I thought this was an ugly win, and there's something beautiful about that with the Nuggets. I mean, my takeaway, my, my, my prediction, if I were to make one, is that, I've seen a lot of people write me and say, oh, Jamal's out. Get ready for a lot of losses. I disagree. I just don't think the Nuggets are going to look good at any point. But last night was all about winning when you don't look good. And the Nuggets found a way to do that. It was a championship win from them. It really was. I also think it's like a good example of <laughs> kind of how I, I tend to view the game, which is like margin for error, right? Like without Jamal Murray... Uh, this is with Jamal. This is probably a pretty comfortable win. Jamal's played very well versus the Clippers last season when he played. They um, have to know that, by the way. The Clippers have to be like, okay, they didn't have Jamal. Like, all right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it makes that one all the tougher for them. Uh, and so, like, 
Jamal helps with my margin for error, but like the margin gets tighter. It's like Reggie Jackson's good, but he's not as good as Jamal. And then having to play backup minutes uh, with, with even Jalen Pickett, who I thought played really well in this game. It's, it's a drop off from Reggie in terms of, of overall cohesion. So like, there's like the margins get tighter and that opens up variance, which happens a lot in basketball. Like this is a long way of saying like sometimes shots go in and sometimes they don't. Sometimes loose balls go in your hands and sometimes they don't. And so like those little fluctuations in a game, but if, uh, the Nuggets continue to play like this, especially with Nicola. Um, they have an opportunity to always have a really good chance to win, and they continue to close games. Uh, despite missing, Reggie Jackson missing free throws, he went straight up to the practice gym and worked on free throws after the game. Uh, and Nicola Jokic's turnover, which I personally, I'm very rarely of the foul. Like I'm constantly the one telling Ryan Blackburn, like, no, Ryan, that was a foul. Um, but even that one, I was like, I don't know. I think they probably got him there. Like that looked like a, like a foul on the turnover. Oh, um, really? But even in the, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. I thought they got him. I, it was um, a bad play. Like Yoke's now two out of three games. He had the one to Steph Curry where the game was put away and he throws a, all the way across the court. Steph Curry is ready for it and intercepts it almost cost him in that game. And then this one. So Yoke two, what I would call like F minus turnovers because they just weren't necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Like. It was weird because um, this is another good example of, and you and I have talked about this before, of if we judge Nicola by his standard, the numbers yeah. are not yep. where you start. You yep. just can't start with the numbers because you wind up looking at it and like they matter. Like I say this continuously, like production really matters. And like, fucking, like, Jokic had, had 32, 14, or 32, 16, and nine in this game. Yeah. Like the numbers are absurd. Uh, but by his standards, like he shot eight of 23 in this game. He got to the line for 14 free throws, Man. which never happens. Yeah. And um, he, he was, I mean, a lot of that was post game. I asked Michael Malone first, first question I, I, I had tonight was, or last night was, Hey, when they go small, sometimes teams can get out of rhythm. Like my context for this yes. is you can get out of rhythm when you're trying to attack different lineups when teams go small and you're like, we're going to go like really try and attack this. You yep. get out of your rhythm. Yep. And one of the reasons that most teams don't know how to post up, like most guys, most teams don't yeah. have post up players. So like, do you, and, but the nuggets are like a motion offense. How, how do you balance that? Like, how, how do you balance out, you know, wanting to punish this matchup when they go small versus wanting to run your offense. And Malone was great. Cause Malone said, yeah, there's no balance. You just punish them for that. Because we because of what we have in the post, and they did. They just I mean, right. destroyed them by um, killing that small ball lineup, which I continue to just be baffled that Ty Lue thinks this is going to work. But um, that to me was like a, a so, big reason why this this win happened. Let's talk about that. Yeah. You're baffled by it. I think that this just points to the predicament that the Nuggets put teams in. You know, I don't know if that's going to be their playoff strategy. Part of me wonders if the Clippers are like, we got to try something. We don't have Plumlee tonight, so our best option, and Zubats is not working. So it's either Tucker or Mann, and they went with Mann. It is a little crazy, and clearly it didn't work. 19-9 run to close the – the like Denver was perfect in, in those moments. You talk about punishing them, you could still go 4 of 5, 3 of 5. That's like pretty good. Denver just scored every time. They, they made it every single time. So you find it ridiculous, or do you feel like it was worth throwing something at the wall if you're the Clippers? A lot of this gets into like broader context with the Clippers where uh, he doesn't play Robert Covington last year in a series where he should have versus the Suns. Like 
the, you you need to go small versus the Suns. They don't want you to switch on them. And he does it. And he comes into the camp this year and he says, I should have played Robert Covington more. <laughs> and he does to start the season. And yeah. it works. And then they trade him. And then they go into now. And they did this versus the Grizzlies on Sunday. They rolled out a lineup that was 6'3", 6'3", 6'5", 6'5", 6'5". That's not going to work if the other team has any size. And it didn't work versus Memphis. And the Denver Nuggets are not the Memphis Grizzlies as they're currently constructed. Um, and especially versus Nikola. As, if you're going to do it, you have to bomb threes. Yeah. Like, yep. You have to make I mean, them. Yep. Because th that's but, the trade-off is like you win the math game is Nikola's getting free throws and hook shots. Right. And you're making threes. But they're like driving to the rim and taking mid-range jumpers. And I'm like, but, that's but hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You're putting the onus on the wrong side here, in my opinion. Because to me, what made this so great was, yes, Denver is now vulnerable to drive and kicks. But I thought Denver in the last four minutes of this yeah. game played incredible defense. Yeah. Not just good defense, incredible defense. Incredible. And that includes Nicola. But it was especially true of Aaron Gordon, KCP, and all of the guys just locked. Even Michael Porter, which who they didn't attack Michael Porter there very much last night, which I thought was interesting yeah. um, in, in isolation. But to me, that's the other part of this is, okay, if you're going to do that, you're probably going to concede that Denver's going to score a little bit. Denver scored every time. All right, you lost there. But you're also predicting that you're going to score at a pretty healthy rate against Denver, and they did not. They almost didn't score at all. I mean, the points they scored were turnovers and you know yeah. th that type of thing. They didn't score in the half court trying to attack no. them. Yeah, and MVJ had a really good possession on Kawhi. Um, I think it was second quarter. He had a really good possession. Maybe it was third. Third, he had a really good possession on him. Um, Kawhi didn't press the issue as much. Like I continue to just be baffled by Kawhi Leonard's approaches in these games. You need to set the tone. The only guy that set the tone in last night was Paul George, who was the best. Yeah. Uh, I said this, that, um, Nicole Jokic was the best player on the floor last night. Cause he always is, even when he has a game like last night and shooting wise, he's still the best player on the floor. But I thought Paul George had the best performance of any player on the floor last night. I mean, um, I, I, again, until it mattered. Yeah, I know. Um, but, but also, it's like, look, Paul George shot a shot, a, a pull up three to try and tie the game, and it wedged. Like, no, but I'm not not even just that play. When I'm talking about the Denver getting a great defense when it mattered, yeah. like Paul George was bludgeoning them from the second half all the way until the last like four minutes of the game. I, I asked Reggie Jackson because Reggie had a really great possession to guard in Kawhi, and we were like, Vinny Benedetto and I were talking about how low he got on Kawhi. Yeah. to take away Kawhi's ability to put his shoulder down and really just because he, what he wants to do is he wants to go low and then he wants to get into you and then pull back for the fadeaway. And he's really good at those. Um, and Reggie did a really great job and I asked Reggie about it and he was like, he busted my ass enough in practice <laughs> that I, you know, I've, I've experienced guarding Kawhi. He's, but then he was like, honestly, the best thing there is they didn't have the right spacing because my teammates did such a great job of crowding, but not allowing them you know, open. Kick it's true. Out. It's so, true. Yeah. Man. Number one clutch defense in the NBA right now. Is they're that back, true? Yep. They, they were number three last season. Now they're back to, to number one this season. I buy um, the stats so much, by the way. I know they're small sample size, but we've seen this for enough years that Denver, when they really put their foot on the gas pedal, are, is a phenomenal defense. And that usually translates into being a very, very good defense in the playoffs. We just know they can't do it for 48 minutes in the regular season. So to me, I buy it. And I actually would say, so early returns on this year or that their defense is actually better than last year. I want to talk more about this on the other side, as well as we'll get to Jalen Pickett, his performance, some of the bench stuff and more as we recap the Nuggets win over the Clippers. We'll do that on the other side on locked on Nuggets.
Right now, I'm excited to tell you about eBay Motors because our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd, the legend, the one and only, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. Let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Uh, let's talk about Keontae George, the new, the Jazz's new starting point guard. He tallied 20 assists in his first two starts. It might be rocky, but he is worth grabbing. Absolutely agree. They got a good, good win last night over the Blazers. By the way, the Jazz are number two right now. If the tournament starts, I love it. Today. <laughs> I love um, it. Which is really funny. Uh, you know, I like the the action that you're going to see with Keontae George and Laurie Markkinen in pick and roll situations is really good. Keontae is just, he was a very highly touted, the draft Knicks loved him. And those are oftentimes guys that get more playing time. And that's why it makes, it makes them a really good fantasy pick. And you see that with George already taking the starting spot. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. Uh, you know, so, so often I, I had this truck in college and I loved it, but it kept having parts problems. And I had a really hard time checking in all over town, trying to get the right parts for yeah. it. And instead on eBay motors, you can get the right pit, right fit for your, the part always with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, led headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride. The first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day. This is a big deal. Of Locked On Plus, our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe for the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Big deal. Locked On Network. Uh, Back here on Locked On Nuggets, thanks for joining us, making us part of your day. So, I I think that the... I don't want to overanalyze this because to me, this gets like pretty simple with the clutch time defense. It's that there are certain players that are really good in winning time and the Nuggets have a lot of them. Like this team is really good in winning time when it's time for you to get the job done. If they are not. And I mean, we saw this versus the Rockets too, right? Like they're down big and they still got this thing back to where it was positioned away. Yep. Um, And I do want to, I want to specifically mention that I'm actually not here to like, I wrote a column today for action talking about, I think the Clippers actually turned a corner last night. I think that the Memphis game was the low point and last night was a much better performance for them. And when they face non nuggets, they're going to do a lot better. But like one thing I will kind of mention here is like the Clippers have a nasty habit of if they're down like 15 with four to go, they'll just call it. Like Lou just pulls the starters and like, well, we got to get him rest. We're just going to go on to the next game. (laughs) you have to have like a little bit of like, let sports happen, man. How often do we see crazy comebacks in the NBA? Like, well, so I would say another way. I don't know that it's that you need to let like the odds of that happening are low. So I understand they're all about the numbers and rest and this or that. What I would say is that the nuggets have some hard bark on them. They're tough, man. And somehow some of the ways you build up that scar tissue is through not ever quitting, like run through the line and this or that. And when you're a team that always sort of punts the last little bit, just knowing that statistically it's not going to pay out, 
I don't know if you're building up that scar tissue. So Denver, a tough, resilient team. And the Clippers, I think that's one of the sacrifices they make to try to get rest and yeah. and, and those load management. Um, yeah, because I, I did kind of wonder with Yoke in, and like, again, it's always like, we're judging him against his standard, not other players. And I think that's fair. Um, would you say that the last two games, the Rockets game and this one, he wasn't as good as he's been in all games? Like in, I mean, over- yeah, like obviously right now he's struggling to be as pretty as he, as he has yeah. been. But the thing is for me is with Yoke is he can win so many different ways. Yeah, like him as a player, he can lead a team to wins. And right now, and I just think it's going to continue. I think we're going to have this conversation over and over again, Matt, about like, man, I don't know the team. They got this one, you know, they got this one, but it wasn't pretty and we should be concerned with this. I just think we're going to keep having it because it's like, no, they can only win ugly with Jamal out or not only, but are likely going to have to win ugly more often than not. And the good news is they keep doing it. So I've oftentimes been the one that's like, well, there's all these concerns and blah, 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 blah. So I understand kind of like setting that pattern. Um, I want to like make a, a mission statement right right now. That era is over. They won the title. And once <laughs> yeah. you do that, I'm like, I don't care like how you win because I've seen these, oh. I've seen teams do this. It's different when the 2009 Celtics have games or 2010. That's a, a better year comparison for this because they made the finals. When the 2010 Celtics are just getting by, it's different because I know that that team knows how to win in winning time. And yeah. it's the same thing with the Nuggets. Like they know how to win in all these different situations. It's entirely different. Yeah. Like, and this is kind of the thing is so many times for teams, they're good when they're good. And then if they're bad, it's like, well, they lose when they're bad. And the Nuggets are like, no, they're dominant when they're yeah. great. And when they're bad, they still have a very good chance of winning. I don't think they were bad last night. Um, one of the things I do think is that I think that the that schedule stretch where it was seven and yep, nine, nine and eleven, and they played hard. And they like Malone talked about it. They pushed through that, right? There's a cost of that in season because the, the NBA is like, oh, you had nine and eleven. Oh, are you tired? Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. three days off, and now you're back to every other night. Right, right. So that yeah. to me is like part of the the equation on that and maybe even a little concern you would say like we saw last night kcp reaching down grabbing his calf like Mm -hmm. you know there's maybe a little concern about okay is is denver running too hard right now like yoke's playing hard on defense and i do wonder like hey man we're 11 games into the season like it's a long one here but maybe setting the tone and you'll hit your lulls or what have you i have one other take though about the clippers real quick and that is paul george had a great performance last night and kcp clearly is not a good matchup for him Mm -hmm. So I actually have two takes. One of them is, well, I wish you get into the second one. I'll give the first one first. The guy that I was scared of most most last night was James Harden. And it's interesting that him being the newcomer and them already having an established pecking order, that Harden, I thought, could have probably closed that game as the go-to guy because Denver just struggles with James Harden. And if you're going to go five out with Terrence Mann out, like Harden's the best at that. He's the best at, okay, five out, let me dance with the ball. I mean, it's annoying. But I thought it was interesting that they didn't necessarily put the ball in his hands last night. And I think I'm thinking probably thankful for that. I wonder if they'll arrive. The hard thing for them is that Kawhi is the best player for most matchups. Paul George, the best player for a lot of matchups. James Harden is the best player for some matchups. And I think it's hard to know, like to have a guy that changes every night. I think that's a hard thing to do. They're evolving more and more to just Harden is Harden. And I think it's a mistake. I just think it's a mistake. And the reason is, like, I, you know, 
I, for those that don't know, like I have a, I have done a lot of work on Harden. Like I've just done a lot of like, I am able like, cause I was telling, uh, I was telling Ryan, like all the little things that Harden does to manipulate you, which is how he's effective. Like his ability yeah. to get to his left is incredible. Like teams know it. They know exactly what he wants to do. They know that the number one thing is don't let him get to his left. He gets it anyway. It's insane. Um, that said, Harden is not the guy that he was in 2019 or 2020. It's just not. It's been, it's three years later. I know, but every team has something that they're weak at defensively. In Denver, it is that spread out, you know, if you can spread them out. So, like, this is a a matchup where even if he's not prime Harden, he's still the best option, in my opinion, to attack Denver. And I just thought it was interesting that they didn't necessarily go to him. They did go to – somebody points out in the chat. He did get one where he gets Jokic on an island, beats him, and then misses the layup. And maybe that's why. Maybe they were like, okay. Yeah. You're done. I just don't understand why if Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the team, which everyone like would probably the consensus would be that the best player on that team is Kawhi Leonard. Where is this guy? Like this, I just continue to, why is it that like, well, Harden sucking. That's why the Clippers are bad. Or like, oh, PG, another laughable. Why is Kawhi Teflon? He never, like they've lost five in a row. Why is he not going out? Why is he not going out there and dropping 35? Well, you know the answer to that. What? He was in jail last night. He was in Aaron Gordon jail. Like Aaron Gordon has some guys that he is just so good at guarding. And it's a lot of those types, you know, the Lucas and this, that, but Kawhi Leonard, add him to the list, man. He was not getting by Aaron Gordon last night. Um, So phenomenal performance defensively, a really good win. Um, I thought mm-hmm. I want to talk about Pickett in the third segment. Uh, you know, they go to another, um, <laughs> quiet night for MPJ. On this one, just missed some shots, two of eight from three. I, I thought the effort was fine. Didn't have any problem. Like, again, the defense was good. How concerned are you with his jump shot? I don't know. Like, he had a couple games where it looked like he turned a corner, you know, and like 35% on the year. You know, he's, uh, I think, I, I tend to think, I've said this for the last couple of years where when it's early in the season, we're like, this is just the season he's having. And it's like, it might just be a month, right? Yeah. Like, it might just be like, yeah, no, he wasn't good in November. And then he like killed it in December. Yeah. Season's just so damn long, man. Like it's, you know, I got, I got to wait till all started to kind of get in there. Um, somebody said Kawhi's AG food. I love that. Um, somebody asked, by the way, this is like a real quick news thing. Uh, any updates on Jamal? Jamal's now doing, he's doing pregame workouts. Uh, so and he's moving fine. I would just tell you that the, I, I'm not saying that he could go tomorrow. I am telling you that like this team is definitely with Jamal taking a proactively uh, let's take it really easy approach. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and report an unreport. This is I, this is not coming from any Intel or inside info. I just bet he comes back for the tournament. I, I would, I would look at the tournament date because Denver is likely to either make it or as the winner of group B or as a wild card there. I mean, anything can happen, but they're in very good position to do that. I, I would bet that Jamal Murray comes back for that tournament. Uh, Reggie with another really good game. 18 points on 7 of 11. Uh, he was, he for, was the story, honestly. If there's like one player that was the story, to me, it's Reggie. He was, he's was he been so good, man. And it's really fascinating that he continues to... um, Like, he just deflects all credit. He's just like, it's... Like, all these guys are like... And they're being honest. They're not being overly humble. They're being honest where they're just like, you guys need to understand it really is just playing with Nicola. Like it just makes everything so easy for us. 
Um, but I, I also really applaud the way that he has tried to play. Let me put it this way. He's going to take some shots that people are going to be like, what? That's inherent because he's like a normal NBA player versus like a Denver player. Like AG at this point almost never forces anything. Like if he's, if he takes a pull up jumper, it's because he's feeling it. Yeah. And, or it's like Joker's not on the floor or they're on a momentum push. It's AG is never like freelancing in the half court offense. Yep. Right. And I think Reggie's done a really good job of he's really trying not to do this stuff. Like some of the stuff that's been part of his game, his whole career, he's really trying to contain and fit into what the Nuggets do. And I would go one step further. He's finding where to do that stuff within the context of the team. Like last night, one of the biggest plays of the entire game was him attacking when they fell asleep because Denver had run the same play a handful of times in a row. So the Clippers kind of overload to try to take away Jokic. He sees an opening, goes to the basket and gets a layup. It was a huge bucket, which was sort of a Reggie ball moment, right? Like going off script, but it was going off script within the context of the game. So to me, if I, I'm this is a curious question. Rank the players all time to come into Denver and to change the narrative about themselves to fit into Denver's culture. I think Aaron Gordon's number one, just because yeah. he's the most like became a Jokic oh, yeah. ball player. Hundred percent. Ag's number one. Um, Millsap was was kind of like the same dude before and after. Like everyone knew he'd fit. Yeah, Millsap was a, a natural fit. Jamal had actually put number two. Could be. You know what? Jamal could have molded himself into a drastically different player. I I wouldn't put him too, but yeah. Okay, it, it counts. I think Austin Rivers is a guy who like was surprisingly a good Nuggets culture fit. And yeah, I would agree. With that. Number three, I would put. I mean, I, honestly, nobody would like this, but I I put Will on that too. Um, Barton. Yeah, I put Will on that. Like, I think Jump. Will. I think Will also. I think. There was a lot of stuff that happened with with Will in the last the MVP seasons, but um, I put him on that list. I probably, but I would definitely, I would say that I put Reggie above Will right now. Like I think well, Reggie's in Reggie's up there, man. Like yeah, Reggie to me is just so surprising to be a guy that was one way for a long career to come in and shock the world by buying in in everything he says, everything he does on the court, everything he does off the court. Like the guy just seems like such a surprisingly perfect culture fit and style fit. And he might be the top story of the Nuggets when you talk about, I know it's not the biggest story, headline news nationally, but it might be the biggest story in terms of like, they really needed it. And if you had told you it. and I in August that Jamal was already going to have a hamstring in early November, we would have been like, uh oh. Yeah. And if you're, if you're giving Jamal credit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to give MPJ credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy is a natural born gunner. I, and I'll actually say this MPJ has sacrificed uh, MB, MPJ. More. I'll actually, no, I will actually say this. MPJ has sacrificed the most of any yeah, player. I agree. In adjusting. Yeah. Um, real quick before we go to the other side and talk picket, I want to ask you about um, Christian Brown. Five of six last night. The cuts were really good. He had one I, position. He blew by. Uh, I forget who it was. He blew by a defender and got to the rim. Yeah. Uh, I still defensively, I thought he kind of struggled last night with some of the size, it was weird. There was like compliments of like Christian did a great job. And I was like, I don't know. He looks a little overwhelmed by the size. And some of that's just tough shot making, but um, I, I, I haven't, it's been a, I don't remember the last time that I've been like, Oh man, that was a great Christian Brown game. I think, can we talk about this on the other side? Cause it's a longer conversation. Yeah. Cause I think this is actually kind of a, it, it plays into the whole bench. I think the whole bench is the last segment. All right. Let's talk about that on the other side as we continue on Locked On Nuggets. Right now, I want to tell you about Ibotta. 
Turkey's great, but we all know the best part of Thanksgiving dinner is the sides. And with Ibotta, you can make sure that you get the whole family's favorite side dishes and the turkey all while getting yourself cash back. I'm definitely going to be signing up for this with Ibotta. I'm very excited. I'm doing shopping. I'm the cook in the house. Uh, there's this um, ginger spiced cranberry sauce with pears that my brother-in-law introduced me to. That's an absolutely amazing dish. Going to get all those ingredients and get cash back on Ibotta. Starting November 1st, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure that you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much, but with Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can also earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCK to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O. TTA in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Uh, if you want to join the show, the best way to support the show is to join the live show. Go to youtube.com slash Locked on Nuggets. Hit the like and subscribe button. Seth here just said, just tried to fast forward the ad and remember I was watching live. Well, you need to be listening, Seth. That's how we. That, that's how the show keeps going. We uh, need. The, we need. I bought a David Locke needs our for our next locked on shirt. We need the patch. Oh yeah. We need, we sponsor of the Nuggets. Patch. Sponsor of of locked on Nuggets. Sure. Uh, all right. Uh, let's continue this discussion on Christian Brown and the bench uh, from last night. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. I feel like yeah. you got some some good takes coming. So. I think Christian Brown is an elite perimeter defender. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about, I mean, KCP made plays at the end of the game. He made plays defensively, but he also was getting cooked by Paul George, who's just bigger, stronger, taller than him. And I think for the most part was unbothered by KCP's defense. That's not a knock on KCP. You need a mold of defender for different types of players. For me, Christian Brown and probably Peyton Watson are the type of defender you need for that for, for a Paul George type, not necessarily a KCP. The problem is both of those guys have been so unreliable offensively this year that it's not even a thought to close with them. Like last night, you weren't thinking, oh, they should put Christian Brown in the game now to try to put somebody on him. Like you just, you wouldn't think that. Part of it is the inexperience and you trust the two-time champion KCP to get it done in the clutch, and he did. But I do think there's something too. By the end of the year, I think both of those guys need to work themselves into at least it's a question. At least it's like a, hey, can we close with Christian tonight because we need a bigger size body on a bigger size score? And that was my thought is in the fourth quarter before Denver really closed what nicely. I was sitting there thinking it'd be nice if you could rely on Christian right now, but I don't think you can. I love this conversation because it's the important one for the Nuggets. Uh, yep. There's it's fun as fans, I think, to, to track development and growth. And I think that's that's like part of the joy of being a fan is seeing as guys get better and having your guys, et cetera. However, this team has championship aspirations. OK, and you you don't have to know and you shouldn't know and you can't know your championship rotation in November. Okay. Yep. It's not yep. a concern. What I will say though, is that I asked Ryan Blackburn and, and Vinny Benedetto last night. I was like, how many guys can play in a playoff series? Would you feel good about being in a playoff rotation right now? And it's the starters and Reggie 
And I was like, Christian gets in there because Christian did it last year. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's important. Like Christian gets that gets that experience. If Christian did not have last year's experience, yeah, then I would probably be like, I only feel good about Reggie. If and you were basing like, it solely on this season, yeah. right? And I said, there is the idea. There's been a lot of conversation of well, the goal, and Malone talked about this, which is they've got to play. And he kind of this was last night pregame. By the way, last night's pregame was hilarious. I missed it because I was doing a bet stream, but I read the quotes. Um, from Matt Brooks at nuggets.com. Like he asked him, him about like, is there going to be anybody else to play? And he's like, who am I supposed to play? There's no one else. I was at a red light when I read that quote. And I said to my, like I said out loud, I was like, Oh, Jalen Pickett's playing tonight. Like, <laughs> Jalen Pickett's you know, playing you know, tonight. Malone too. You know him too well. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you know, he does You're the whole so right. But he also talked about this. He's like, these young guys have to play because they have to, we have to get them ready to contribute once uh, spring comes. But for me, I said like the bigger thing, honestly, is not, you can't assume that they will ever get there. You have to know, but you have to get a, like, they got two months. You got to have a strong sense by January of who's going to like, you don't have to know. You might have a situation where you have to play Peyton Watson, Christian Brown, whoever. But you better have some idea of, I expect these guys to be in the rotation by the, like, I feel good about them being in a playoff rotation or not. Right. Well, what did I say earlier? This Nuggets team has some hard bark on them. They've been through so many challenges and they've come out and they're tough. And now I just trust them too. I think a lot of this season is getting the new guys, the Jalen Pickett's, the Peyton Watson's, the Christian Brown's, and yes, the Zeke Najis to get them up to snuff. Because I don't think that unlike the starting group, I don't think the bench is going to be able to win pretty. But I do think that they're gritty enough that they can become what Denver was in the clutch last night, which is they could become a group that you're like, man, they didn't, they could not make a basket. They could not do anything right. Plus one in four minutes, five minutes, whatever it is. Like they gritted out a plus one over the course of five minutes. I, I think they can become that. And honestly, that's probably what the next four months are going to be about. All right. It's time. Oh, you, you, you got your guy. You know, they go to, uh, you know, booty ball. And, uh, you know, it's really, really hard to guard. <laughs> I, didn't see I gotta it. bust it out for the first time. I didn't see it coming. Uh, okay, so Jalen Pickett gets in the game last night. He takes Colin Gillespie's spot in the rotation. 16-48. He goes for five points on two of three shooting, two assists, two boards. Uh, he winds up with a minus four, but played really well. He had two turnovers. Turnovers were rough in the second half. I thought the first mm-hmm. hit was really good. Yep. Um, all right, give me your impressions from Jalen Pickett in his first stint in the regular season. So he had three stints. He had two in the first half, both of which were with Jokic. Um, one of them wasn't wholly with Jokic. I think he played uh, a little bit with the bench, a couple possessions. And then the third segment, he was on his own, no Jokic, which mirrors what happened with Colin. I just like what I saw from him, especially in the first two. The, the last one we'll get to next, and it was really bad in ways that I think are concerning, and we need to talk about those concerns. But to me, one, defense was phenomenal. His defense, he stood up Kawhi Leonard on an ISO, like where Kawhi's trying to bang against him, and he held his ground. He got that low leverage and just was able to stand him up. Same for Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's a strong point guard, and he stood West- Russell Westbrook up without fouling yeah. and got stops. To me, that's so important. And last night's game was a perfect test of this. Part of me almost doesn't, you know, Malone picked a good game to go to Jalen Pickett, in part because you were going to be required to guard one-on-one. 
Like this was a matchup where they go for switches, they hunt it, and then they ISO guys. You were going to need to have players that could handle that. So I'm kind of glad they put him in this specific matchup as his first one. And I thought he did a great job on the defensive end. That's my first note. Yeah, the defense was a lot better than I was expecting. Uh, he, the strength really matters here. And it's this so is important. Like, it's a it's a big key in understanding. We just, I don't, <laughs> to be honest with you, a lot of the body stuff I always feel like is weird because it's like, well, you know, he's the same height as this other guy. And I was like, how does it feel when you watch him play? Yeah, he's also taller than Colin. Like, him, yeah. not, they're both short, but he's taller. But he's taller. Um, but he's also like that size. He plays like, a, like he plays big. He is yeah. a big, like he's a big guard to me. Yeah. He's not a long athletic guard. That's different. Like Shea Gillers Alexander is a big damn guard. Right, right, but, right. But Pickett plays like that. He's <laughs> Kyle Lowry, right? Like it, it's that it's Kyle Lowry is definitely from the booty ball school. And that I think is not actually a, a terrible comp in terms of like a long-term um, project form, but I thought the defense stuff was really good. Um, what was the stuff that you saw that was kind of, well, well, hold on. Then I want to get to the offense stuff. Cause one of the things I see that I disagree with a lot, you know, Pickett. there's going to be a weird thing where Denver, I really do think has to adjust to Jalen Pickett a lot. And I know that's crazy to say about a point guard who was a second round draft pick, but here's what I mean. There's this sense of, you know, the team, he has to mold into what the team's doing. When he's with the starters or with Jokic, absolutely. And I thought he did a good job of that last night. When you're with the bench, does the bench have anything going for them right now? No. Does the bench have an offensive system that he needs no. to fit into? No. no. The bench needs an identity. I actually think the bench needs to mold to him. Like, Christian's not going to create his own shots other than off of the type of basketball that Pickett plays. Like, he will be good at kick out, Pickett, kick out, and now he attacks the closeout or what have you. He will be good at that. Peyton Watson's a good cutter, but you need somebody to stir the pot. So there's cutting lanes to be made, to be found. I think that the, that actually Pickett needs to play his style and the team needs to sort of empower him to play his style. And I'm telling you, when you don't watch it, it's a little weird. And I'm not even just talking about booty ball. What I'm talking about is his overall style of play, because I see some people in the comments saying he picks up his dribble too soon. He picked up his dribble in the paint. Some of this is like, you know, maybe. But what he does and what I've seen from him at, at the college level is he is dead set on getting into the paint and drawing the double team. And then it's up to the team to read that and to get open. And he did a couple of those last night that led themselves to great plays. They don't look great. He had one in particular I'm thinking of, a skip pass to Michael Porter, where it almost looked like he was getting himself into trouble. You know, you almost look like, oh, no, where's he going? And then he throws a perfect skip pass to Michael Porter wide open on the wing. He missed it, but it was a wide open pass. This is what Jalen Pickett does. It doesn't always look pretty, but it's deliberate. There's a point to it. He's getting into the place that makes the defense vulnerable. Oftentimes that's the paint, but sometimes it's the wings, the elbows, or extended foul line extended. He gets into those spots, collapses the defense, picks up his dribble, and then uses a lot of craft and pivots and different fakes and different things to find the open guy and to get it to him. So I disagree that he picks up his dribble in those moments too much. That's part of the game. And you have to understand, he's picking up his dribble because the defense has compromised themselves and he's waiting for somebody to find the opening to take advantage of it. That's really that's great analysis. It's great stuff. Um, I think, and I agree with you on, on those points. I think a good way to kind of put it uh, is, look, the, the structure is something I talk about a lot, but let's put it in like food terms. If you're trying to make a soup, you got to have a base. It's the base of a soup. Mm. And one of the problems with that nuggets bench right now there's yeah. they, they do not have onions and carrots okay they got 
They got okay. bay they got bay leaves and spices. Okay. Okay. And they do not have the base of a soup. And wait, pick- wait. So the base of the soup is onions and carrots. Yeah. Okay. All right. Like that's why if you ever make a soup, the first this thing is a vegetable soup. Okay. The, the first, yeah, because that's all I, I. My wife's vegetarian, so like, okay, or, or even like that, the, that was important context because yeah. I thought we were missing the. Like... the, the well, I'll just tell you the steak <laughs> soup that I make. It's yeah. it's which is amazing by the way. It's okay. sirloin and onions. Like, okay. And or and and celery like that's you form the base of the soup that way. Yeah, I'm getting hungry over here. Yeah. Um, I make amazing soups. I'll have, I gotta have you over for dinner sometime. I'll make you a good soup. Um. You gotta have that. The Nuggets bench doesn't have it. It's all spices and garnish, okay. And like those things are important. Like bay leaves are an important ingredient, but that's like the beans that you add at the end, very important for the taste and texture. Not the base of the soup. Jalen Pickett can be the base of the soup, and yeah. that I think is like one of the things that they're needing. Um, um, and well, hold on. So the thing I'm concerned about, you know, he he's not quick. And what we saw last night was that they pressured him, especially at the second unit where you don't have Nicola as an outlet, you know, a release valve. They pressured him in ways where they weren't compromised. So you get up into his space and usually in the NBA, if you overplay, you know, really get into a guy's space, you're vulnerable to getting beat by. And now the defense is in rotation. He's not quick enough right now to be able to punish guys like you get into him. He beats you and then you recover because you're faster than he is with the ball in his hands. And I think that's going to be a thing that he's going to have to figure out at the NBA level, a new craft. Because at the college level, you get an extra six seconds. And so even if you just have to wiggle your way out of it and then he gains a little bit of ground here and there, it takes 20 seconds for him to do that and to get into the paint. He's going to have to figure out how to punish players better when they are trying to play him up uh, high at like near midcourt. I want to disagree with this comment and uh, Five Ish said it and Five Ish is here on most shows and I love Five Ish's comments and he's got a lot of great, great insights. Um, he said the second unit needs more spacing than anything. Disagree. I strongly disagree. Really? Yes. I think it would help. I think having Strother instead of say Peyton, like I talked about this yesterday when I was talking about it with um, Swipe about the bench. I was like, I think like having a, spa- a, a spacer would be better than than the just athleticism guys that they've got, at least for the offense. But I'll say this, there is this idea that you can just put out five spacers and you're going to be able to create good offense. And it's just not true. You have to be able to leverage the defense to, to take advantage of that space because yeah. either they have to stay home, which lets you have one-on-one perimeter penetration, but that doesn't matter if you can't pr- create perimeter penetration anyway, because you don't have speed, quickness, or strength, right? Then you're, you're still not going anywhere. And if that spacing is ignored, Right. And if you've got like five spacers, but you don't know how to get the ball to them because you don't have competent passing, it doesn't matter. You could have great like spacing is important for good offensive sets for sure. But it's not like you can just put five shooters on the floor and win. It's just simply not the way like that's that is a incomplete view of offense, in my opinion. I would like to see them have more spacing. I, I, I understand what you're saying. With this lineup in particular, and here's where I think the spacing comes from. I wouldn't mind Julian Strother playing. Is Denver going to go to a five-man bench lineup? They might have to just because of the guys. You know, I'm curious to see how a rotation shakes out if you're going to commit to playing Pickett. But I do think he needs a little bit of shooting. But one shooter they can add without adding anybody is Zeke Naji, who I asked David Adelman about it the other day. He's only taken five three-pointers. Is that by design? And he said, yes. Like, we we right now like having him dive to the rim. Okay. I think Zeke needs to pop when he's playing with Jalen Pickett because you have a lack of spacing already 
And there's so much need to open up the paint for Pickett to do what he does that I actually think Zeke needs to adjust his game and, and to kind of fit around it. So that's one move. I'm 100% with you that there needs to be more spacing. 100%. Now, I don't know that I'm confident in Zeke's ability to shoot right now. Like yeah. the free throws last night, we were like, yee. Um, but in general, like, I'm not saying that you don't need spacing. I'm saying that spacing isn't a fix-all in and of itself. And that, that kind of balances the point. Um, I do think, I, I will say, the big thing about Pickett is I think that they can remake a great defensive unit off the bench, which is what's so important. Yeah. A great switch-all defensive unit. And that's the foundation of that bench more than anything else. And then if they can build to figure out his style and he can step up to play that style successfully at this level, two big questions that we don't know the answer to. But to me, at least it's a coherent path. That's a path that I look at and I go, that's a path that if you do figure it out, it carries you not only for this year, but maybe going forward, now you have something. Whereas some of the other options were not a path. They were like, might work this time, might work that time. It's not going to work every time for sure. For sure. That's going to do it for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow with Swiper. He'll be with you to, to talk about and get you set for the Nuggets as they start their road travels going throughout the rest part of the schedule. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked On Nuggets.